0: Welcome to the Hardwood Hustle podcast where we know and believe in the value of a coach. We're here to educate, empower, and encourage you to lead like never before.
1: Coaches, today we go deep into this conversation of accountability. As we spend time working with teams and working with coaches, accountability continues to get brought up in all conversations about getting our team to perform at a higher level. We're constantly trying to figure out How to have our players hold each other accountable better and more frequently and creating a culture of accountability, recognizing that without it, we run the risk of slipping or falling back. So we are so intentional to try to create this. And I certainly am a proponent of accountability and the need for it. But we begin to discuss something a little different in today's episode, a different thought process and maybe viewing it in a different perspective. And I think this conversation could open your eyes to a new way of approaching accountability that could truly help your team in incredible ways. Take notes on this, lock in, be open-minded on this particular topic. I think it has the power to change things. I know it certainly has in my life as well as TJ's perspective as well. So without further ado, let's jump in and we hope you enjoy this episode on accountability and a new way of looking at it as a coach. TJ, this topic of accountability, there's so much focus on it. Everybody wants to pick up anything and everything they can about how can we create an environment of accountability within our team. We desperately want players to hold each other accountable. We want them to be willing to be held accountable. We talk about the standards to which we need to hold each other accountable to. And and all of this is focused on improvement and and helping watch over each other's behavior. You know, we we discuss strategies, TJ, on how to best hold each other accountable and the most effective ways to deliver those messages, how to build relationships. We've often talked about this on the show where we can build those relationships, helping give us permission. You could argue to hold each other accountable. We've used phrases like um, we want to be able to make enough deposits. So when we need to withdraw, we have something to withdraw from essentially when we need to hold them accountable, we can, we strongly desire to have a team that is willing to be held accountable and that are willing to hold each other accountable. And I've done a series of talks on this recently, TJ, this specific topic, and uh, the audience has been really large and you can tell very hungry about this topic. Uh, and it's one that we all battle with. And, and even in Lead em Up, we have exercises geared toward this subject. But the more I've studied it, the more I think there may be a, a more effective effective, a more positive way to get the results that we are hoping accountability produces. Uh, but before I get there, just just in general, TJ, your general thoughts about just accountability and the, the need to hold each other account- accountable. And, and trust me, I'm not saying accountability is wrong. I just think there may be a better option for us to kind of focus our attention on. But what is your general thoughts on accountability?
0: Yeah, you know, I think when somebody desires to be great, accountability is not an issue, you know, and when somebody, you know, really wants to be good, accountability is an issue sometimes, but not all of the time. Right. And then, you know, I think when somebody is not sure who they want to be, or they're not really highly driven, driven, then accountability becomes a major, uh, a major issue. And so, you know, at Key5, we have a a way of uh, an actual way to do this you know, with your team and how we build it through and how you actually, you know, make accountability work. And the one thing that I think uh, the reason accountability fails the most is typically because of the prior steps of, of, of kind of like you were just talking about permission and standards and all that kind of stuff. I think the groundwork isn't often laid. And so accountability comes without enough background or without enough, uh, you know, joined or, or shared commitment within people. And so I think I, I see it fall short oftentimes uh, because people are, are, aren't quite sure what they're being held accountable to or they don't want to be held accountable uh, for those things. They haven't reached an agreement of, of what I should be held accountable for.
1: It's a very nuanced discussion, this topic of accountability, as you just mentioned. You know, I, I think we do fall short of creating and communicating the the standard to which we need to be held accountable to, right? That it is very clear that this is the standard and and this is what we're going to hold everyone accountable to. I also think it doesn't perform well because it's associated with confrontation, right? The root of it is, and, and people don't like confrontation. People try to avoid it. So think about that regard, TJ. We want to create an environment of accountability, which is in many ways based on this theme of confrontation, which is something that across the board, universally speaking, most people don't want to do. And let alone if they do do it, they aren't good at it, right? They don't have the appropriate way to approach it and how to deliver the message with the right balance of love. And, but yet truthfulness, it's a really complicated thing. And, you know, when I, when I think about accountability, although it's rooted Uh, In its desire for growth and improvement, it really is slanted towards a negative slash failing connotation. It it really is. You know, like what is the underlying belief when we preach this this topic of accountability? The underlying belief is that people can't be trusted or that people will fail, that they will not perform, that we need to then create this environment, right? to protect against it. You're you're almost predicting the downfall in advance. And, you know, for example, you know, let's say it was you and I, and I said, hey, TJ, I need you to hold me accountable to this. Like we don't think about it, but that would be me essentially saying, I'm not very confident. I'm not fully sure that I'm going to be able to perform this task. I'm already kind of predicting that there's going to be moments where I fall, right? I need you to hold me accountable to this. And and yes, that is good in many ways, right? Like, of course, you want someone there to protect you. But once again, I think there may be a, a more positive slant to this that could be more effective rather than simply continuing to push this theme of accountability.
0: Yeah, you know, I think about one of the quotes we use in our program all the time, and to try and drive home accountability. And we say it's always the fault of the better player, you know? And so you're trying to get players to fight over. It was my fault. Like we're trying to flip that script, like trying to really what it's doing is essentially what you just said, trying to make accountability a positive thing. You know, like I, I am the better player. I know better. I can do better because accountability is so often taken as a negative and you know, I have a thought on why accountability is, is taken negatively so often, and I think it's because it's one of the more poorly modeled things in our society. and It's one of the more poorly modeled things within athletics and sports, you know, like we typically don't see um, a coach held accountable in a lot of areas until they do something really stupid, you know, they take some money or they do, you know, like, but they're not typically holding themselves accountable If you know, if I demean a player today, like that's unacceptable. But no one's really holding them accountable for doing that. And so I I think as a coach, what we can do is model that much better for players. Like if we show off the highest level of accountability, when we make a mistake, when we do something wrong, then I think it sets the tone for an atmosphere of better accountability. But I often think we just don't model it very well.
1: I think you're right on with that. I think that's a great point. You know, this topic of accountability, I want to introduce this theme of identity versus accountability, TJ. I think the for me personally, the more I've been studying, the more I've been digging into this concept of accountability, the more I keep going back to this theme of identity. and And when we begin to establish an identity as a person, as a player, identity as a team, I think it actually can almost flip and almost eliminate the need for accountability, right? Maybe not in its entirety. I think there will always be moments and certainly individuals that do need the accountability thought process, but but more of just a paradigm shift mentally into thinking more about our identity versus accountability. So it's interesting. The, The Latin root word for identity breaks down as being repeatedly being repeatedly and and when we think about identity we want that consistent behavior right it's essentially who we are our being showing up each and every day and when we begin to establish our identity of who we are or who we want to become as a person and or a team people then will begin to live up to that and and the thought of not being that won't exist anymore. It begins to eliminate. So they only know one way because this is who I am. This is how I'm perceived. This is how I show up. And because of that identity, we begin to kind of live to that. It's interesting. You know, James Clear, who uh, I know a lot of our listeners uh, are familiar with James Clear. We had him on a long time ago. Great book, Atomic Habits. He wrote a great piece, TJ, a while back that really got my mind thinking on it why facts don't change people's minds it's interesting we get in these arguments all the time and you can feel like you have all the information you possibly can but it's still not changing their mind he wrote how it's no longer about right or wrong or being factually correct or not it's really about are you either supporting or damaging one's identity? So you're in a conversation, and you may think you have all the facts, and they're still not embracing it, and you're like, this makes no sense. Like, how are they not accepting that this is like the most logical thing? And he uses an example, which I I think is really good, like a strong conservative Republican. Someone who's identified themselves as a strong conservative Republican, they get in a conversation with a liberal Democrat, And even though the Democrat in that moment may be sharing something 100 percent factual, 100 percent logical, you still won't get that strong Republican to, to see it and to embrace it. And it's not because the information isn't valid, but by accepting it, that person runs the risk of disrupting and damaging their identity, confusing their identity. They've identified as a strong Republican conservative. So if I embrace this idea, I'm changing who I am. And and they're not willing to risk disrupting their identity because they believe in it as such a driving force in who they are. Clear actually continues to go on and say a phrase that most people would rather be factually false and socially accurate. So in that regard, like the social aspect of it, people perceive me as a Republican, conservative, conservative. You know, I don't want to disrupt that, you know, change that identity. I'd rather be factually false, but yet accurate as it relates to my standing and place in society. And and that power, that, that really speaks to the power of identity, that when we tap into an identity, it will even have us believing wrongs and disagreeing with rights as not to disrupt our identity. And, and you made a great point earlier, TJ, when, when you desire greatness, accountability isn't really needed, right? You know, I think about like Tom Brady. You're not having to put a plan of accountability around Tom Brady in many ways because he's identified himself as the GOAT. So everything he does is under the lens of it needs to be at a GOAT level. I think about it with LeBron James. He's the king, right? Everything LeBron James is done under the lens of I'm the king. It needs to be done at a king status. That is his identity. And, you know, you can go all throughout sports and think about identity. You think about, like, UNLV back in the day with Larry Johnson, Stacey Augman, Greg Anthony. You know, they were up and down, but they also were the running rebels, right? It was part of their identity. Playing fast was who they were. You never had to talk to them about that. Memphis back with Zach Randolph and Gasol and Tony Allen, they were grit and grind. They were toughness. That was their identity. And they, you, if you came into the Memphis environment, the, you didn't need someone to hold you accountable on toughness. That's who they were, right? You just knew that's what you were going to get. I think about like Magic and the Lakers back in the day. They were fun, up and down, making plays because they were showtime, right? Their identity communicated as such. And, and I believe if we can continue pushing this message of identity, who it is we want to be, who it is we want to become, we will see our players rise to that, where if they rise to it, you're almost eliminating the need from an accountability standpoint because we won't want to disrupt who we are and who we believe we are. Thanks to our friends over at TeamSnap. Make sure you check out TeamSnap.com backslash hustle, of course, to learn more about the communication app. And as always, for today's halftime communication tip, I want to challenge coaches It is not good enough to have things in the minds of our players. The things of importance need to be front of mind for our players. I know that's a different thought process in many ways, but oftentimes we will say things to our players. We will communicate things to our players. But until we can get it to the point where it's front of mind, we've got to continue the communication process. And that is why I often will tell players, it's okay that I'm saying this over and over and that I'm reinforcing these points of emphasis within our program, because it's not that you haven't heard it before, but I want to make sure it gets to the point where it's front of mind, that when you're not thinking about it, it's still there front and center. That's where we need the things of importance within our program to live, and that will only happen by continual conversation and reinforcement. So, coaches, I want to have you challenged to be front of mind communicators. Can you get the things of emphasis, the things of importance in your program to the front of the mind of your players? That's the challenge, coach. Well, listen, thanks to our friends over TeamSnap. Make sure you check out TeamSnap.com backslash hustle to learn more about the communication app. That just helps get everybody on the same page from an organization standpoint of coaches, players, parents, everybody scheduling-wise, all together, thinking alike, and on the same page. TeamSnap.com backslash hustle. And before we jump back in, let's take a quick look at the stat sheet with our friends at ShootAway. Coaches, I have a question for you. What would your win percentage look like if every game that you have lost by three points or less actually went in your favor? How much of a flip on your win-loss percentage would that look like? Well, it's very possible that if your players could just simply shoot at a slightly higher percentage, all those games, three points or less, or at least many of them could have been reversed and gone in your favor. Sometimes the smallest difference can make the biggest impact. And when it comes to shooting, we've got to constantly be making sure our players are getting in the shots, getting in their practice to improve their percentage because simply one basket a game could make the entire difference. Well, making sure that they have the tools to work on their shot is critical. And that's why I want to encourage you to check out Shootaway's The Gun. Figure out what it is going to take to get you a gun, one of their shootaway guns in your facility today, because I believe it could help improve the percentage, which then could put more wins for your program. Check out Shootaway.com to learn more. Now, let's jump back into today's conversation.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a wonderful, uh, a wonderful point. I, I I never thought of it that way, but it is true. When you do have that identity, you rise to that. And I think that's one of the things we can do as coaches is encourage people to rise to a particular standard rather than think of it in terms of, you know, hey, here's where you didn't hear. Accountability is a negative thing because accountability helps King James and the goat to rise to that They have their own level of accountability. Two things I thought about, you know, if if you were to not just kind of go along with what uh, changing your identity, for instance, the Republican Democrat, you know, obviously I could go vice versa. You're in that situation. Um, I think humility and growth mindset help you in both of these areas. Like when you're thinking about, uh, you know, how can I change? How can I grow? How can I get better? Then you're typically wanting to hold yourself accountable. And when you have humility, you're open to being held accountable. And I think those, uh, when I I think about people that are very accountable um, and that model it very well, I think of people that are humble and I think of people that desire to grow with a growth mindset. And so I think those are two things we can implement in ourselves if we want to be accountable, if we want to model accountability better. And to your point, which is a, a fabulous point, is I think a higher level of accountability is identity. You know, I think it's almost even above accountability.
1: Yeah. You know, we, we push pretty heavily at lead them up, like having coaches give gear, give little swag or lead them up to their players as rewards and prizes and things like that. And I've wrote a blog about this. We don't mark up our gear or our swag to make any money on it. Okay. Uh, we're just simply wanting it to get into the, the hands of, of our, the coaches and players and then specifically the players. And, and I wrote the blog saying the reason we want this to happen, that we want people walking around with lead them up shirts, that we want them walking around with lead them up stickers. And, you know, we build a lot on the green team that we want them to walk around with the green verified stickers because it begins shaping their identity, right? They begin to identify as this leader, as this person who has been identified as a leader by their peers and by their coaches And when they begin to believe in that identification, the the greater embrace of that person they will become. You know, and and this happened in my own life. You know, a few years back, I became really good friends uh, with a guy named TJ Macedis, who owns that company Walk and Love. And you're familiar with that TJ, because you know I think I've passed some gear over to you. About five years ago, when I got introduced and kind of came on board in the sense of wanting to help him grow his business and promote it, I began wearing. Just so much incredible, inspirational, positive gear, right? Iron sharpens iron, walk in love, shirts that say shine, grace, all these different things. And and I'll be honest with you, TJ, it was, and and I'm not exaggerating this in the slightest bit, it was one of the most powerful, life-changing things that I've experienced. It changed my identity. It started shaping who I was and how I behaved because every day I'd go out with a different walk in love shirt that had a message. It generated conversation. People began looking to me, Oh, iron sharpens iron. They would, they'd take a photo. They'd see that phrase somewhere and they'd send it to me like, Oh, I thought you'd like this. This made me think of you. It started feeding this identity that even more than ever that I wanted to be that person that would walk in love that really sharpened other people. It played into it. And, And before you know it, after you get enough people, commenting to you and asking you about it and you know embracing it you begin to see i'm that guy I'm, I'm that guy i'm that guy that wants to sharpen other people i'm that guy that does walk in love and before you know it that's that's who i am you don't need to hold me accountable to not walk in love i am the walk in love right you know that that type of thought process it had a huge huge impact and it, you know it changed my life and, and it's interesting that's why we want the lead them up aspect, like just using that as a specific where that players be proud of that. Put that on your computer. Let people know I'm a leader, right? We did a recent thing called the green 13. We identified 13 players that kind of performed above and beyond that went through the lead them up program this past year, we called them the green 13 greens, a big kind of theme that we use. These kids got hooked up. They got free Chick-fil-A for an entire year. They got all this swag, and I told him, I said, listen, I want you to be proud of this. I want you to let people know that you just won this honor, right? That you are part of the Green 13, that you're a leader. Not because I wanted them to boast about it. Not because I wanted them to give praise to lead them up through the process. I want them to begin identifying as that special leader because the more as they identify it, the more they'll step into that role and become that person. And it's why like Sam Allen always, he lives on the I am statements. Right, we talk about the daily priming, the I am statements each morning. He comes up with an I am statement. He's basically feeding his identity. This is who I am, who I want to be. He doesn't need to worry about accountability because he has his sights set on the forward about who he wants to become. So really, like I said, the more I've read about it, the more I, I've really moved my focus to who do we want to become, and less about like let's put the protections in place to avoid you falling, but Let's think forward. Let's move forward and, you know, have that mindset from a growth perspective.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I think, you know, I think that can be a step process for coaches with players that don't desire that. When I think of you and I think of Sam and people like that, obviously, growth mindset people that want to be great, that are desired that way. I think in coaching, we come across so many players That um, for whatever reason, they've never thought in those terms. I think probably just not knowing, not having access to the knowledge. And so the process becomes much more important in helping them to identify because so oftentimes I come across players who had a really bad home life or really bad whatever. And so they just strictly identify with how they play. That is their identity, you know, they've wrapped up into that. And so you know, I I think before a player can actually get to the place of, you know, I am statements and going forward, whatever, they have to have a, a vision painted for them of another way to do things because it's so foreign to them. And, you know, I've had great players that didn't need that, that fed themselves on a daily basis. But I do think the process of helping players who have not had access to that information, have not seen role models lived out in their life, you've got to go back to to almost a, a daily situation where you're helping them to re-identify with their standards, right? So they can create an identity, you know, because their identity oftentimes is not what you'd hope it to be because of their default.
1: I think you're right on and I was reading a book recently. It's called Rare Leadership by Marcus Warner and Jim Wilder. To that point They said the best coaches, teachers, managers, leaders are the ones who instill a clear sense of identity into their group and help people understand, to your point, this is who we are and this is how it is like us to act and behave. And and they also had a, later in the, the book, they also talked about the power of shifting what they call like accountability groups and actually phrasing them to become identity groups. And if you think about that, what that could look like and how much different it could look like rather than having accountability groups where we get around and talk about our potential shortcomings, right, and falling short in the different challenges, we spend that time talking about who it is we want to become, continuing to build and fuel that. They did this whole study essentially of which one would actually produce greater growth and transformation. And it's an interesting thought process, right? Could an accountability protecting against the fall, right? Create better change versus that same time spent in an identity group talking about who it is you want to become interesting thought. But it once again, goes back to this idea of identity versus accountability and, and coaches. I I hope this episode was helpful. I hope it sheds some light in this thought process of comparing these two TJ, anything you want to add before we wrap up here?
0: You know, I'd like to do another episode sometime. I think that when I think when I'm thinking through this in coaching players that there is a particular, uh, you know, their level of accountability is often related to their level of buy-in. And so getting players to buy in and getting to this vision then when they're that bought in, their level of accountability is higher. And I think sometimes the step of getting buy-in to wanting to be better, to wanting to live up to the team standards, you know, that's a whole process in itself. I think we should go back and outline that sometime as well.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Listen, I am Adam. He is TJ. Together, we are the Hardwood House. We appreciate you listening. Until next time, we're out. Coaches, before you go, I just want to encourage you, there's a free resource over at leademup.com that you can check out. If you just want to send an email to info at leademup.com, we're giving away a free 21-day leadership playbook that your team can do together while the players do it individually. So it kind of has a hybrid model of players doing it by themselves, but yet doing it in conjunction with the team, where they go through a series of exercises over 21 days to help them gain momentum and grow as leaders things focusing on their ability to be more detail oriented and to be a better communicator and a better listener, a variety of different exercises from the lead them up program, a free 21 day playbook that you can utilize today. Send an email at info up.com. We will send that over to you. Uh, no questions asked. All good. I think it'll be something that your players will enjoy and your team will absolutely grow from. So would love to encourage it. Just wanted to share that before you hopped off. Until next time, coaches, we are out.